Good morning and welcome. Happy Hump Day, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and uh, I hope it finds you well. Another just absolute crazy day uh, as as, uh, all of the uh, jobs data started to come in. Uh, Gold's at a new all-time record high again this morning. Silver uh, going through the roof. The Dow's up 300 points, and, and uh, the the data doesn't match what's happening. The dollar uh, under pressure again today as we've been following that story. Uh, the dollar at a, uh, if it closes here right now, 92.63. So uh, looking like we're going to get that close between uh, below 92.80. And we expect continued dollar weakness, uh, the new trend. Uh, that's going to, you know, we're expecting seven to ten years of dollar weakness. So we'll talk all about that. We'll get to the jobs numbers, all of those other things. I uh, just want to thank everybody, uh, all of our listeners. We've got such great listeners and great customers. Uh, can't tell you how many people uh, we've heard from who uh haven't bought gold from us, but listen to the show all the time, passing their condolences on. Uh, as Eric uh, lost his battle with COVID uh, yesterday, we appreciate it. Thank you for the emails and the cards and and uh, the phone calls. Uh, obviously, it's been uh, extremely uh, overwhelming, uh, but but again, uh, we we'll, we'll carry on uh, in Eric's legacy and and what he had created and started and. You know, he's in a better place. I think that's just the way we have to look at it and uh, continue to pray, obviously, uh, for our family and, and Lori and his kids, his grandkids, uh, my wife and our kids as well. You know, just, uh, you know, we're going to do what families do. You know, we're going to mourn and, and then we're going to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and and uh, keep going. And that's, that's, that's what we hope to do. But uh, thank all of you uh, very, very much. Uh, it's, it's just been a tough time. So... Uh, I'm going to try not to talk too much about it and, and try not to be emotional about it. We're going to uh, keep continuing on here. Uh, the big So now the jobs. So we get the next three days, we're going to get jobs data. Today was ADP. You guys know I hate this report. Right? It's not worth the paper it's printed on, in my opinion. You know, when you, have, when you have the ability to use actual data and you don't use it, it always just bothers me. Well, let's not deal with the facts, right? Hey, let's face it, because who wants facts? Let's just have surveys, right? We'll just call some people and we'll ask them, you know, and, and, and we'll phrase questions uh, that that are are misleading. Uh, but but this is what the ADP report does. We are expecting over a million jobs. This is a July number. So again, remember we had the the economy reopening. We we're going to have that V-shaped recovery. And then we hit a snag. We know we hit a snag, right? We had uh, the cases break out in Florida and Texas and Arizona, California, right? We had the new spike, uh, and and everything kind of slowed down or went backwards. Uh, But the number this month, we're looking for over a million jobs. Uh, We missed it. According to the private payroll survey, only 167,000 jobs created in July. Now, if this was a normal month, no COVID, this would have been, you know, on the lower side, would have been okay. You know, okay, that's not a 
horrible number, 167. But when you've had 54 million people file for unemployment claims, not so good. Now, if you add the numbers together, which I think we need to do, you know, ADP, and, and again, one of the reasons why I hate the report, they said in May that there was an increase of 3.3 million people in jobs. And I was like, man, I don't know. That seemed awfully high to me. June, we knew was going to be a big number, and it was. Uh, June was 4.3 million. July, big disappointment right at this 167. But if you add them all up together, right, so you take, you know, 3.3 and, and, and 4.3, you know, you're – you're over 7 million jobs, 7.8 million jobs created in those three months. But like I said now, 54 million. And of course, listen, we get jobless claims again tomorrow, right? And we haven't seen a number yet in jobless claims below 1.3 million since the coronavirus started. So let's just, let's just say 55 million. 55 million people have filed for claims. ADP says, you know, just below 8 million have gotten jobs. Now, some of them, they filed and then went back to work and to where they were. But, you know, we look at the, the actual continuing claims number, that 30 million that I keep talking about, not the number that the government, you know, the 17 million that they say on the TV. The ADP number, at least this month's number, kind of fits that. Right? Kind of says, yeah. Uh, people aren't really coming back in droves. Businesses between 50 and 499 employees actually saw a decline from ADP. So these are, uh, you know, we're not small, but we're not huge, down 25,000. Businesses with fewer than 50 workers accounted for the bulk of the jobs. Uh, Small business accounting for the bulk of the jobs. And, and again, my guess would be, if I was to guess, places where things had reopened, uh, maybe some restaurants, some bars uh, in, in some of the states. They said, uh, I'm sorry, big business brought back the most. Small business brought back 63000 Sorry about that. I got them backwards there. So, But my guess is those were in locales where something had opened up maybe New York or New Jersey, something like that. But that was the number. Huge miss, but Wall Street doesn't mind. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Uh, gold is up uh, 40 bucks at 2,040. Uh, so we haven't, you know, we were hoping maybe we'd get a pullback. Didn't quite get it. Silver. What a run up another, what, gosh, a dollar plus here, you know, $27 on, on silver. And and I'm joined uh, with the professor, Glenn Biddle. Glenn, you know, I was just telling him about the jobs number today. Of course, we'll get jobless claims tomorrow, the government number on Friday. And one of the things that happened yesterday was the Treasury announced, hey, we got to sell a lot more debt this quarter, talking about the third quarter, than we previously believed. A matter of fact, the Treasury, and again, we're still waiting on stimulus. Okay, so this doesn't count, you know, and I don't know what stimulus number we're on, Glenn. Stimulus 5 doesn't count that one. 
but they they raised it by another two hundred and seventy billion dollars for the quarter, saying that the third quarter they're going to have to borrow another nine hundred and forty seven billion dollars plus whatever the stimulus is. Now, Glenn, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Where do you think a lot of this extra money that they all of a sudden need to borrow? Now, remember, of course, Mnuchin's been on TV a million times telling you, don't worry, the economy's fine, it's going to be great, and all this. Where do you think that money needs to, where, where do you think that money's going to go? What do they need this money for, this extra $270 billion? And again, the COVID stuff is separate. Okay, so so don't it, it won't be for any COVID things because those are in separate bills. You know, the last one, you know, everyone got the extra six hundred bucks and and a government check and, and and those things. That's that's not what we're talking about. So so eliminate COVID stuff because they handle that separately. This is just the quote unquote kind of general fund, Glenn. Any guesses? If Nancy Pelosi has anything to do with it, it's going to go to state and local governments, pension systems, infrastructure, any pet project that she wants to spend money on. Uh, maybe some of it might trickle down to the little people, but uh, that's where it's going to go. That's my opinion. That, that, that's a decent guess. But, of course, most of that stuff that Glenn mentioned, again, these are good guesses. Infrastructure spending. They usually handle infrastructure spending in a separate bill, or they'll combine it into a COVID bill. So it's not infrastructure. Then you said, hey, the states, right? We got to bail out the states. Again, that's a separate line item, again, that they're, you know the Democrats want to weave that into the COVID thing because they want to offset. This is just general stuff. This is the normal stuff we're looking at. And, and again, for most people, you never think about it that way. Right? You, you just assume, oh, yeah, it's got to be, you know, for, uh, you know, general stuff. Like, like Glenn said, infrastructure or the states need more money. Now, part of it, part of the extra 270 is going to go to the states for unemployment benefits. Remember now, uh, every week, every week, more states run out of unemployment money. So a part of it, and, and, and believe me, it's not that big of a part, but a part of it is going for that because remember now, the states, every state has uh, the the maximum amount they'll pay in unemployment. Arizona, our number's $240. They won't pay you any more than that. Where Glenn lives, now Glenn's in Maryland. Now Maryland, they're a little more generous, right, Glenn, on their weekly number. When the system works. <laughs> the problem yeah, is nobody right. can get on the Maryland system right. for months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but every exactly. state yeah, has exactly. a number, and they charge businesses. Okay, so all the – if you work – like I work here, you know, our business – it's an Arizona business. Right? We've got to pay unemployment tax. Right, so you sit there, every, every one of your employees that isn't 1099 – you got to pay unemployment tax. And the state collects that money. And in theory, and I say in theory, there's supposed to be that money sitting in a bank account somewhere in case the state actually has to use it. 
My guess is they do a lot, and I don't know this for a fact. This is not, I don't know this is fact. I'm speculating that the governments actually probably spend the money and pretend that it's there. But the states have run out of that money because so many, you know, we've seen the numbers, right? 54 million people have filed for unemployment claims. They don't have that kind of money in the bank. So the states now are borrowing from the federal government. And in theory, when the economy gets better, these states, as they continue to collect these unemployment uh, money from, from businesses, would pay it back, in theory. But the biggest chunk of this number, Glenn, is going to pay for Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. Because you got to remember now, we've got 30 million less people working than we did three and four months ago. So that's 30 million people not paying payroll tax. Now, I know they like to tell you that Social Security is solvent, right? And it's it's going to run out of money in 2031 or 2032, whatever they tell you. Don't be an idiot. Again, another one of these lies that they tell you is fact. Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, all the things that the payroll tax goes for, is already out of money. In other words, we don't collect enough, even with those 30 million people working, to pay for the benefits that that the people receiving Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid are currently collecting. Now, It's not a big difference. Well, it wasn't. Now it's gotten real big. You know, but but this was where that that trust fund of the fake IOUs came in. And so the government... Oh, non-marketable securities. Non-marketable securities. Yeah, those things. Yeah. Those non-marketable securities. Great. Al Gore's lockbox. Yeah. Do you know... In the original legislation, a lot of people don't know this, but when Alan Greenspan was put in charge to come up with, you know, the the Reagan was Reagan was going to do the huge tax cuts, and this was one of the big tax increases that they never liked to talk about, and they they created this lockbox in the actual original legislation. The lockbox was in there. But you know how they got, you know, the House has to say yes, and then the Senate has to say yes, and then the president signs it? The only way they got the votes to pass the legislation was they had to get rid of the lockbox requirement. That's how it passed. So when you think about how did it pass, that was how. See, the Democrats didn't want to go along unless they could get rid of the lockbox. In other words, they wanted to spend it. And so that's why it really doesn't exist. So really, in theory, when they tell you Social Security is going to run out of money, and of course, I've been telling you it's 2025, and I've been saying that now for several years. It actually ran out of money in 2018. Because you think about it for a second, Glenn, why would we go from paying 100% of benefits down to, what are they saying, like 75%? 
What happened to, you know, and I've said this before, what happened to 99% or 98% or 97%? Well, that's where we're at now. So already the government is borrowing money from social, to pay for Social Security benefits because the lockbox, as Glenn talked about it, they're non-marketable. They're, not, they're IOUs. They're really not a security. It's just an IOU. So now the Treasury knows, wait a minute, we got to borrow more money. We got to borrow. And Joe, here's 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 the big thing: when when they have the auctions and no one shows up to buy because they're like, well, "This we're not going to invest our money into this. This is dumb." Guess who has to buy it? The Federal Reserve. So it's back onto the taxpayer again, just in another form. You know, so it's, just it's a in vicious a cycle. Form. Yeah, the Treasury is actually announced that they're going to offer a record. And, of course, this is happening at least twice a year now where the Treasury's got to come out and say, ah, we missed it. You know, think about today's miss. Right? They were saying $677 billion. That was the original number they said they were going to have to borrow. Okay. Which still, even if you think six sixty seven, right? Six sixty seven a quarter, that's two point six trillion. That's a lot. But they missed it by almost a third. They said, Well, 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 we're off, we need uh, another two hundred and seventy billion dollars. And now we need to borrow nine hundred and forty seven. That's three point seven eight trillion dollar it's huge it's it's enormous and everything they're doing is a record so let me let me break down what they're doing 48 billion dollars in three-year notes in may that auction size was 45 billion now it's 48 billion of course what they don't tell you is a year and a half ago that auction size was less than 40 billion 10-year notes, and a lot of this now, they're trying to get it longer term, right? So the a lot of the times where the government's been financing with, with stuff that matured in less than two years, it's going to be interesting to see if they can get people to keep buying, especially longer term. Why would you borrow 10 years? By the way, that auction size, now $35 billion from $32 billion in May. Of course, year and a half ago, that was in the 20s. If, why would you borrow $35 billion for 10 years and get paid half of a percent when even the federal or the central bank's own bogus inflation data says inflation is 1.8%? So if inflation's 1.8%, right, and you multiply that times 10, and again, you know, that's simple math, that's 18%. So your money, in theory, that $35 billion, will buy 18% less stuff 10 years from today. Now, normally, normally, they would pay you an interest rate of 4 or 5 6 7%. And you're like, well, hey, that's okay. Right, okay, so it lost 18% of purchasing power, but they were paying me 60% in interest over the 10 years. I'm still way ahead. 
Well, now at half of a percent, it's costing you 18. They're only giving you five. You're losing 13% of your money. Who does that? Right? It doesn't make sense. And, of course, at a time now where the dollar's losing value, which means, hey, I got to need more dollars to buy this stuff. I know I'm supposed to lose 18% of my purchasing power over 10 years, but now, God, heaven forbid, over 10 years, think about this. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the dollar's going to fall another 30% from where it is over the next 7 to 10 years. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. I'm going to lose 30%? Plus inflation? And only get half a percent back? This is why when we talk about, you know, the dollar slide and financing of the debt and all of those things, this is why I think the dollar's done. This is it. This is the final leg of the dollar, in my opinion, because... I know how to do basic math. When we get back, we'll ask the professor what he thinks. It's your radio news hour. 800-951-0592. So we, we missed the jobs number by a million. And, and again, it's hard to think about it because normally, you know, you, you can't think of those terms. But the, the lowest estimate was for a million jobs, somewhere, somewhere as high as two and three million, but a million, a little over a million jobs was consensus. We only had 167. We get jobless claims tomorrow. The Treasury comes out and says, hey, we're sorry, but we got to borrow way more money than we said, which July, you know, then this was a weird year, Glenn, because taxes were due what month? Oh, now it's uh, July, July. right? Yeah, Yeah. they were due July. So revenue, so I'm wondering, you know, and and again, I'm I'm making an assumption here. Was the revenue that bad? Was the tax revenue that bad? I think it is. What's that, Glenn? I think I, I think the tax revenue is that bad because think about it forty percent of businesses aren't reopening just the sales tax alone on that and is, is staggering and then the income tax you're right you know you're not collecting you're not no one's working so there's no yeah, income did a lot tax of these in. companies that were in business last year are not in business this year and and didn't pay the tax bill right yeah. hey I don't and, have anyone I'm out of business. What, Right, I mean, just just could be right. Just just my own little school system, rural county in the you know eastern shore of Maryland. We're short one point five to two million dollars at Christmas for our school system, and that's because a lot of people don't have the money to. And it's based on uh, property tax; they don't have the money to pay their taxes. So you know, this is this Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, well, you brought up something really important: property taxes. See, that's not a federal government thing. Yeah, that's a state and local, and that's a big deal. Be ready. I think there's going to be a huge increase in property taxes because where's the money coming from? You know, you talk about your little school district. You know, think about there's thousands, tens of thousands of school districts in the country, and all of them are short. 
all of them are short. So it's got to come from somewhere. And then you start thinking about the government and, and how much money they need to borrow. And then you start talking about the length of time and the amount of interest being paid versus what they say inflation is compounded with a falling dollar. It just doesn't paint a very good economic picture, does it, Glenn? No, it sure doesn't. And also, Joe, uh, weren't those northeastern states really impacted hard with the federal government wasn't going to let you write off your state and local tax off your federal, which means that that, yeah, so uh, ta- that, that was going to be a huge the high, tax rate. high tax rates. You used to be able to write all those off on your federal, right? Now, of course, they yeah, did not away anymore, with I don't that. Think. Yeah, they did away with that, and and, and it's causing uh, the these huge problems. And and then you start thinking about okay, gold and why is gold running? And and, and it's such a massive picture. Right, you you see all the spending from government, and not just ours, all of them, all over the world. No end in sight, man. You know, look at look at what we're doing. We're debating right now, somewhere between a trillion and three trillion dollars. Right, when the Treasury just came out and said, "Hey, we got to borrow nine hundred seventy-four billion dollars for the quarter." Now let's throw some more gasoline onto the fire. Of course, all of that's got to be, you know, whatever happened, don't we can't give all this debt to our children and our grandchildren. Well, I got news for you, buddy. Right? If you're under the age of 65, you're the children. Right? You're under the age of 40, right? You're the grandchildren. It's already here. And again, we're talking about a $30 trillion deficit by the end of the year plus. How do we pay for it? Not to mention the size of all the balance sheets of the banks, right? Not to mention the, the, uh, the negative rates and the super low interest rates. I mean, there's a million reasons why gold is running. It's very hard to find reasons why it wouldn't. And, and again... I made, uh, and I told you, I revamped all of my predictions, right? Remember, at the beginning of the year, I, make, I made a prediction. And I thought gold would be $1,800. And I said, outside chance at two grand, right? And I said, silver uh, would be $20, outside chance of 22 And, of course, when I got back from... The hospital and COVID, I yeah, I re-upped, I upped all my forecasts. Told you gold twenty five hundred to three thousand. Silver, I said, right twenty five. Uh, probably see we could see thirty dollars silver. Silver's already twenty seven dollars, and I started putting this together. You know, at three thousand dollar gold, Glenn, we got to start talking about all-time high silver price. You know, I had a customer in here the other day, and he was picking up some silver, some junk silver, and he started pressing me about what the price of silver is going to be next year. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to admit man, we could see somewhere close to all-time record high silver prices. You know, at $3,000 gold, 
if you use my $65, 65 ounces of silver for an ounce of gold, that puts silver at 46. Right now, the gold to silver ratio, think about it. Earlier this year, you needed 124 ounces of silver for an ounce of gold. That, that number today is down to 75. We're back into a more reasonable range. But even at 75 ounces, that's $40 silver. I mean, we are going to be seeing record high commodity prices in the precious metals complex simply because we know how to do basic math. When you have a dollar which has lost 10% this year, 10%. On top of, hey, we aren't paying you any interest. If you borrow from our government for two years, two years, which the dollar, in theory, could lose, you know, 20%, and you only pay one-tenth of a percent, on top of inflation, right... The number, it makes no sense to put your money there. Now, obviously, you could make up some of that loss if the Treasury rates fell. Right? So that would mean what, Glenn? In order to come anywhere close to making it up, all these rates got to be negative and significantly negative. And I believe that's happening in Europe now. Negative rates right? in Europe. Yes, but yeah. that's not enough. It's got to be significant. Is that what's up for us next? Major Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Double J and the professor breaking things down. And let's look at J.P. Morgan. I, I would venture to say, Glenn... When you say, what's the best run bank in the world? If you had to pick one, I think J.P. Morgan would probably be the leading vote getter. Would you agree? Yeah, I I would agree. And I I would say the worst is Wells Fargo. (laughs) Uh, Probably. (laughs) Can't can't argue that. I've said it for a long time. Wells Fargo shouldn't be a bank anymore. They They should have been broken up, sold off and been out of the banking business after what they've done. But here's what you don't know. Listen, yeah. the Dow's up almost listen, the Dow's up almost 300 points, okay? You've got a Nasdaq that's right near an all-time record high. The S&P 500 and the Dow very close, you know, less than 10% away from all-time record highs. Up 300 points today. When jobs created missed by a million jobs. I've never seen a miss that big before. And again, we we live in interesting times. But you want to know why? Disney. Disney reported after the bell yesterday. And that they lost over $3 billion. Their stock is skyrocketing. But they lost $3 billion. You're like, well, what's going on? Well, their streaming service has signed up, you know, I don't know, like 100 million people have signed up for it. And look, that's way ahead of schedule, right? And again, services, that means, hey, nobody's ever going to go out of their house again, right? That, that type of stuff. 
And again, I guess there, there's always the good and the bad in everything. But when you're sitting there thinking about whether or not you should buy gold, because I know there's some people out there you think you've missed it. Oh, I missed it. No, you didn't. Believe me. Five years from now, you'll think that with that buying buying at $2,000 gold was one of the greatest things you had ever done. Right? Remember uh, when gold hit 1000 When the people that bought at two fifty thought they missed it. You didn't miss it. And that's not going to be a straight line, right? We know gold went to 1900 went back to 1000 Now it's back above 2000 on its way to 3000 and and a whole lot more than that. But what are the banks doing? Because we don't know. You don't hear it on the idiot box. But this is why you listen here. J.P. Morgan. They've already set aside over $8 billion for loan loss protection. It's almost exactly what they had at the peak of the financial crisis. And everybody says, and that was a first quarter number. We think that when they report... J.P. Morgan's loan loss provisions will be at an all-time record high. But it's what they're doing now. So J.P. Morgan says that their loan loss provisions is going to be over $10 billion, which will be a new all-time high. The bank hinted that things are about to get much worse. They said that all non-paycheck protection program-based loan issuances, so if it's not a PPP loan, for all for the foreseeable future, says that are going to be temporarily suspended, Glenn. So we're not going to give out business loans right now we're going to wait for a while which tells you Morgan's having a tough time determining which businesses are good and which businesses are bad right glenn right i saw that article where it's going to be increasingly harder now to get a commercial or investment loan it i got to give jp morgan some credit at least they're putting some money aside as compared to some other banks that just want the government to bail them out just you know, whole cloth without even doing anything to protect themselves. So, well, I them. guess you know, you know we, if, we, if, you're if you right. They that. deserve an attaboy. They deserve an attaboy. Yeah. But if they set aside ten billion, trust me, chances are they really need twenty or thirty billion. But neither here nor there. You're right. But J.P. Morgan has now said to businesses, "Don't apply for a loan unless you're going unless your loan is backed by the government." Shortly after that, J.P. Morgan said that it's going to raise its mortgage standards, stating that a customer applying for a new mortgage will now need a credit score of a minimum of 700 now for J.P. Morgan. In other words, you got a credit score of 680? They're not, forget, no, no, uh, no. The old standard was 620. So J.P. Morgan has now raised it to 700 They also said all down payments must equal 
of the house's value. In other words, there's a lot of programs out there that, hey, you only got to put 5% down or 10% down. J.P. Morgan said, no, we're not doing those programs. You got to have a credit score of at least 700, and you got to have at least 20% down or forget about it. We won't loan you any money. Then, think about said, think about that, Joe. Who who's going to have a 700 credit rating after all this that's happened throughout this past this past year? Who's going to have that credit score? Who's going to have that? Nobody. You got to have the credit score, and then you got to have. You want to buy a seven hundred thousand dollar house? Not only got to have the credit score, you got to have one hundred and forty thousand to go with it. But they weren't yeah, done. It's crazy. They weren't done, Glenn. They are accepting no more home equity lines of credit either. Now I don't know. Housing's been fantastic. Is J.P. Morgan hinting? That there may be a problem coming in the housing market? I don't know. It looks that way. Patriot Radio News Hour. I know. Crazy. Final segment coming up. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour. U.S. twenty dollar gold pieces twenty two ninety five. If you buy twenty or more, take off ten bucks. Uh, silver rolls a half dollars two forty five now. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. Uh, rolls of uh, quarters at two forty. Dimes at one twenty. You know you figure. Uh, at, at, at $50 silver, you know, you're going to pay, I don't know, four, four hundred, four twenty a roll, something like that. Uh, 800-951-0592. Uh, the banks, uh, all commercial banks now have tightened up lending standards pretty much on every type of loan out there. Uh, commercial loans, real estate loans, auto loans, credit card loans, you name it. Uh, 22% of them cited deterioration in the bank's capital position. So between one in four and one in five banks are like, hey, our balance sheets can't take, as Glenn said, right? they're not writing off what they should. The loan loss provision numbers or getting to the point the bank's like, dude, we can't afford to make loans. How safe is your money in the bank, really? You're an unsecured creditor, right? You know, that commercial still plays. Right? Second, you deposit money into the bank. You don't own it anymore. 97% cited less favorable or more uncertain economic outlook. That that doesn't sound like V-shaped recovery, does it? 85% cited a reduced tolerance for risk. Right. Hey, we just don't want to. Right. Uh, hey, you're a nice guy and, and all that, but you know what? Yeah, we, yeah, it's too risky to loan you anything. 31% cited a decreased liquidity in the secondary markets. In other words, hey, we're not really certain that we could sell this loan to somebody else. Right? In other words, the central bank might not take it. 
because it's you know you're such a risk or hey we don't think we could pawn this off on a pension fund or we don't think we could pawn it off on a hedge fund think about it a third of banks a third of banks are like yeah we don't want to loan you money because we don't think we can sell it to some we don't want it right uh the 26 percent cited an increased concern about legislative changes i don't know what what changes they're specifically talking about. Um, I guess maybe they're anticipating uh, a Biden win. I don't know. I'm just saying that's what they said. Now, to be fair, one in four, one in five, 22% cited deteriorations in banks' capital positions, but only 7% of those said it was their bank's position, right? We're worried about our bank, right? Come on. Add the two together. Right, that's one. Almost thirty percent of all banks are worried about whether it's their own bank's capital position or another bank's capital position. Uh, either way, uh, lending standards now uh, getting a loan is going to be a lot tougher. So we'll have to see. And again, that again is a negative towards growth. So when we think about our jobs going to come back, at least what the banks are doing, the answer is no. Patriot Radio News Hour. Uh, everything's got to be for the government, I guess. If it's not government-backed, the banks aren't interested. Uh, we'll see if this next round of stimulus, if it's going to get done next week or the week after. Some people are saying maybe not until September. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow. Everyone take care. God bless.